Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This week's episode of Screen Talk is brought to you by Movies on Demand. Okay, so months after campaigning, weeks of controversy, and almost four hours of ceremony, the Oscars are finally over. And now it's all behind us, but it's time to catch up and watch all the big winners. Right now with Movies on Demand, you can watch Spotlight, the Academy Award winner for Best Picture of the Year. You can see Best Actress winner Brie Larson in Room, Best Supporting Actress winner Mark Rylance in Bridge of Spies, and Best Supporting Actress winner Alicia Vikander in The Danish Girl. And you can see them anytime right at home and judge for yourself. Movies on Demand is the place to watch all the Oscar winners and nominees. Don't miss out. Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the Deputy Editor and Chief Film Critic, joined for the first time in a while in person by Ann Thompson, who's visiting me here in New York. And uh, gosh, we've seen a lot of each other these last uh, couple of days. Back you stayed in at my house. <laughs> I stayed at your house. We went to the Oscars, and now you're over in my turf, and it all feels like one continuous experience, like one long day. I'm, I'm still trying to grapple with whether or not the Oscars even happened, to be honest with you, because it just feels like it was something I dreamt as I was waking up in the morning. But somehow, it happened. It's over. It's behind us. We're looking ahead to the next year. And, and you yet- actually went to a party last <laughs> night, and it was like, I couldn't even imagine. I mean, I, gra- I grant you that we are favored, lucky, and whatever people First world to problems be able to go and all to that. all these glitzy parties. But the actual fact of the matter is they become wearisome and tiring and you have to put on nice clothes and put on makeup and yeah. talk to people and it was funny. civil. Well, I don't put on makeup, but I get where you're coming from. I ran into, I went to a party last night as soon as I got back from LA at the Metrograph, which is this really cool kind of elegant new uh, theater that's opened in downtown Manhattan. And I ran into Ed Lockman there, also just back from LA. And we were both kind of like, what are we doing here? You know, Kate, Kate Erbland was was talking about it. She was up. She was on the red carpet, and she looked great. And she was backstage. It was her first time to the Oscars, and she's still feeling a little bit, you know, in a dream state. Because part part of it is you just don't sleep for so long. Yeah. And you're going on all this energy and fumes. I mean, you and I stayed up very late on Oscar night. Uh-huh. And for then, good reasons. And then we, you know, I had to get up and write my wrap up, and you know, try to be coherent and. I'm still not caught up at all. I'm well, coherence is, 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 is a strange concept in Oscar season since you spend so long trying to pull all these different variables together to say something that makes sense, and yet everything can change in a split second. And it really did happen on Sunday. There were so many things that did not go exactly the way it was. It was one of the best saying. shows, even if it was low-ranked in the ratings, which had to do with how many you know big-budget movies were... Um, in, in play, which which there weren't that many. So um, here's the thing: it it was it was really what I love about the Oscars is that after you realize you're sitting in the room, we were in the balcony in the mezzanine, and we're sitting there, and I knew Margaret six oh one. I just knew it, 
Now, why didn't I just go ahead and pick her if I was so sure? But George it has Miller's to do wife. with how it was going. Everything was going to Mad because, Max. Because Mad Max, all of a sudden, it was front-loaded. That ceremony was just like one below the line after another, with the exception of cinematography. It was just going, and, and Ex Machina. Which was a huge shock. Another so let's talk about that. Ex Machina was not expected to win the VFX. And why did it, even though it was the lowest budgeted movie? Well, you know, it's funny. So the way the Oscars work is, is a quick digression. During the ceremony, you can go out to the bar, but then if you don't make it back to your seat after the commercial break, you're stuck out there. So I found that I could actually go to lower levels, even though we were higher up, and take empty seats, you know, essentially be a seat filler. So on one of those occasions, I wound up sitting with somebody from A24 when that happened. And he was shocked because it just seemed like such a difficult year. And yet they campaigned the hell out of that movie and it did really well. So it people... got a nomination, which was considered a victory. But the real reason is that it was, if you look at it in retrospect, you go, why? Oh, Alicia Vikander was nominated not only for Danish Girl, but for Ex Machina on some level. Right. And, and, and at the Globe, she, she did get nominated. And you could argue, and an Ex Machina had a screenplay nomination for Alex Garland, and there was support for that movie. It did really well, considering. And and in the end, it was the actors that put it over. Yeah, it, it's, it's actually kind of fascinating how on some level, two things happened. One is that the more kind of prominent categories helped elevate this one below-the-line win, plus the VFX in that movie, as, as uh, our own Phil Deswitz wrote this week, are really good in a subtler way than those other movies. So the kind of foundation of people voting in that category who actually know what they're talking about probably appreciated that one even more because well, it was not partly sure. a vote for Alicia Vikander. Right, she way. she is the the special that's effect right. in the movie. And that's that that's an unusual and Bill was very astute about that a very unusual situation. Um, and then the Mad Max thing, I I guess I knew it was going to do well. I just didn't know how well it was going to do. And I also knew that Big Short wasn't going to win Best Picture, but I thought it had been that it would, because it had won the PGA, it would win editing. And so I shouldn't, I, I sort of, sometimes I overthink and I and I apologize to anybody <laughs> who lost their office pool because oh, of me. I am they so lost a lot. Sorry. <laughs> there were a lot of, there were a lot of, uh, people who didn't get things right this year. So you weren't alone in that sense. But that it, it's worth going back to the kind of top of the, the, those major categories and look at some of the missteps because in some ways, what ended up happening on Sunday is the way in which we were talking about this race something like six months ago when people assumed Spotlight was the front runner. I always did at the time. And Mark Rylance was a front runner for supporting actors. I thought he actors. was, and I argued, you know what would happen to me, this is what you guys may not realize, is that I'm on the circuit in LA, and there's all these campaigns going on, right. and there's all the, the money that's being spent, and Mark Rylance isn't campaigning, and he's not doing anything, and I'm arguing for Mark Rylance, like it's obvious, and other people are arguing back at me that there's no way that would ever happen. And so I have to stand up for myself more in some ways. Yes, you need to And remember, booster. remember that they don't always go with the campaigns. Well, and, and also the, the story behind uh, Stallone almost seemed too good to be true, right? That he was sort of 
you know, he hadn't won 40 years ago. He sort of came from behind in that sense, and he's a, he's a legend is one thing, but it's a story around him less than the performance itself that people kept talking about. Right, and so one of the, there's three things. One is that they often go highbrow. Two is Bridge of Spies was the best picture contender. Mm. It was stronger for that Never reason. Picked up on that. And that's why Rylance won. And then, uh, and, and, and I saw Spielberg at the governor's ball afterwards, and he was talking to J.J. Abrams, and he was so happy. Of course. You know? he, he didn't need to win anything more than that. And plus, he's got well, right he would have. That's not true. He would have loved to have won. He was talking to a loser. He was talking to J.J. Abrams, who didn't get anything, you know, for, because Ex Machina won. I mean, Star Wars right. should but the, but was the expected to win. win. The Rylance win at least validates Bridge of Spies as a movie that came out of Oscar season happy. And it sets the stage for his next collaboration because he's in the BFG. So that's actually a pretty big victory for both and of those guys. And that's good for Spielberg, yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, and then the the other uh, Mad Max doing as well as it did in a weird way, supported by thesis that George Miller right. had a chance, but it was still in your read too. Well, think of it this way: the Miller family still goes home with an Oscar statue. That's true. They still get an Oscar at home. <laughs> Maybe that's why they did it. Yeah. You know? Maybe they Isn't thought we're not voting for George, but we're going to vote. You know, a lot of people didn't necessarily know that it was his wife. So what are some of the other categories that really caught us by surprise? And then we can get into the ceremony itself because it seems like, okay, Spotlight sort of, kind of sort of an upset, but then you have, you know, some things that were definitely predictable. Spotlight winning original screenplay, Big short winning adapted. No, that play. everyone understood. The fourteen things or whatever, you know, the four, there were like fourteen categories that were pretty clear. DiCaprio, the, obviously. You know, the one um, I think going through the shorts, what's really interesting about that is to remember that um, oh, here's what I was gonna say, I got it. The in any of the categories it's it's helpful to remember that it's the movie they're voting for. They don't see on they don't the ballot see the names. Roger Deakins or, I mean, people who are in the know yeah. know that. Yeah. But, um, so so the reason that that horrible Bond song, which I never would have predicted oh, God. in a million years, Keith Samantin, <laughs> the guy from IMDb who did really well. I don't know how that guy knew, but he got 100% on the Spirit. Derby he got 100% on the Spirit yeah. Awards. Well, 18 was pretty much the top figure for winning this year's Oscars because there were so many Everybody was thrown by something. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he, he got, he was the only one, I think, on Gold Derby among the experts who got uh, a song. That, and he figured out that the guys in the Academy, it's the only movie they saw. Mm. They didn't see Hunting Grounds, Fifty Shades of Grey. And so you see that um, on the ballot. Youth. Right. You know, what is simple song? Or that mean? other one, right. Manta Ray thing, whatever that from, was. From the, the documentary, yeah. So. But, but they, you would have thought that the Lady Gaga element would have elevated that. But Especially a lot of men don't, don't, they don't, I, they I don't told you, I said that I was afraid that that That's Leo right. thing, that smirk at the Globes would do our, There's some element of not respecting her that she's overexposed. It's worth acknowledging that you didn't bet on the Gaga win when we recorded the last episode, and then you changed it. I did. So what made you change it at the last minute? I wasn't sure. Um, I figured out that they wouldn't click Fifty Shades of Grey on the ballot, but I thought there was enough Lady Gaga press 
that they would know that it was her song for the hunting ground. But remember, the people who really respond the best to that song, and I'm one of them, are women. And the Academy is all guys. So she gives this great performance, and then she loses to this awful <laughs> so performer bad. who gives probably the worst acceptance speech <laughs> in Oscar history, claiming that no openly gay man has ever won before. Which isn't true. I mean, I almost As, feel like who's this the guy who got the most angry right away? Dustin Lance Black, exactly. who wrote Milk. That's I mean, right. that was in recent memory, and so I almost feel like he probably hurt his career by going on TV and doing that. But uh, but yeah, very strange. So the shorts, I was like so positive that this live action short shock was by far the best of the shorts and the one that was the most serious. You made and a then, pretty good case. Well, people got mad at me actually. They argued me back, got argued back, and said it was foreign. And I didn't think about that. It doesn't occur to me, really. It you, doesn't. You yourself are too highbrow to make that assumption. <laughs> yeah. And so it turned out to be an English language movie that won. Stutter, hmm. which was lovely, but I never would have picked it. But this is assuming that a large, the, the volume of people who actually watched all these shorts are just Small. more responsive. But, and, and that smaller group of people is still resp more responsive to a movie that's not... They went with a very whimsical, sweet... Actually, the, there was that does happen sometimes mm -hmm. where it's a question of tone. Yeah, it could be a tone thing, too. Yeah. That's an interesting... I mean, if people really enjoyed that one and the other one made them feel like crap, they're probably going to internalize one over the other. So The other one was dark. Shock was very dark. And then the one that I loved on the animated side was The Bear. And I that's a case, too, where people I talked to... Oh, they prefer 2D. They don't like CG animation at the, you know, in the branch. And you know, you end up. That's a, another case where not everybody in the academy sees it. Yet Don Hertzfeld, man, everybody seemed to really like that thing. I thought it would win. Maybe what happened was that it was only you were only seeing the responses from people who actually felt like they had a response to it. I mean, it could have just been too weird for a lot of people. I think so. They which, have to remember to go mainstream and emotional. With the shorts, always when in doubt, go mainstream in a moment. But not only that, but what's the most elaborate? What's the most difficult-looking short? And that would have been the bear. I noticed that that Don Hertzfeld updated his Twitter bio to say two-time Oscar loser. <laughs> but but I did like... get the doc short right at least. Right, that was the girl in the room. Yep, two-time Oscar winner right there. And they changed the laws in Notable, Pakistan. A Pakistani woman won an Oscar on Sunday night. That didn't get nearly as much press as, say, how much Chris Rock hammered home the uh, Oscars So White satire. Maybe we should talk about that for a little bit. I, mean, I thought that played pretty well. Mostly. It was front-loaded with the best material. Yes. I think that worked against him Why? in some ways. Because a lot of the reverberations have been more focused on some of the later bits. What he did was try to keep hammering the same thing mm -hmm. instead of moving on. Exactly. It, I mean, Chris Rock can be funny about other things, too. and He got into trouble for the Asian kids. The Asian thing is still hitting hard, which is unfortunate because all that would have taken was a little bit of rewiring of that joke, and it wouldn't have been an issue at all. The Compton thing was really funny, but Jenny Mato and David Beast made a really good point, which was that that wasn't actually Compton. It was some other... Oh, that was theater. all over the... That, that everybody copped to that. That was funny. It was, yeah, they made it, it into should a be bit. funny. But it, but and it then was the, almost, other, yeah. the other thing that... I don't think that undermines it. I mean, it was it funny. That was fairly funny. I thought that it was, was a great thing. Funny. I mean, it was, a, it was similar to something he had done the last time he hosted, but... 
very effective. Yeah, and, yeah. and the, the, the other thing that didn't work was the Stacey Dash thing, which was an inside joke. I, I love the fact that that was so awkward, though, because it's almost like, I mean, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen showed up and did his, his thing, and he kind of punked everybody. He wasn't supposed to be a character up there, supposedly. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like this was a version of what he does on his show where he dresses up and he tricks people into thinking they're, they're doing something serious and they're not. But we just didn't get the joke. But we I just said that thing. she's the whitest black person who but ever lived, Stacey, right? Stacey Dash made, created this whole controversy where she said that she didn't, on TV, that Black History Month should exist. And yet, here she is on the stage of the Oscars saying, I'm so happy to be this diversity rep. So she didn't even, I feel like somebody got her to think she was doing something funny playing off of the kind of publicity The fact that we're still that, trying or? to figure out what the joke is is not a good sign, and it didn't play in the house. No, everybody was sort of like, what just happened? So we're at the we're at the governor's ball, and we're talking to Cheryl Moon Eyes, and she, she was explaining it Yeah, that us. was actually kind of amazing. <laughs> you, you grab the head of the academy minutes after the end of the Oscars, and you're like, so what the hell just happened there? And yet... She knew. Know. She knew it didn't work. Yeah, she, yeah. she was sort of charmed by it. I mean, if that's the biggest disaster of the night, so be it. You know, I guess the, the bigger disaster might be just that their ratings weren't amazing, but I feel like every year I hear that. But still, the numbers are really big. It's just that compared to older numbers, and the numbers on television in general are smaller, you know, so it's, it's but they keep saying it's an eight-year low, you know. Well, one of the things I think about having attended them is, you know, this is a fun live show, right, with a great crowd, but that doesn't immediately translate into great television. Television is not that, especially today, it doesn't feel like the sort of thing where you can just throw it up there and if you have a good host and some good funny parts, everybody's going to tune in. I thought it was a good show. I thought it was one of the best shows we've had in recent memory. Right. Since Ellen DeGeneres. That was a good show. And the two between have been pretty bad. Exactly. um, But you and I, you know, Eric didn't have any cufflinks. (laughs) So this was a major number. Some behind-the-scenes drama here. Yeah, you know, so, so the clothing was, was it, it, I think it took Eric more prep to get, I had to get my hair done, that had to happen. Uh, yeah, it's a real show that you have to dress up for, you got to be ready for all that kind of stuff, you got to be able to handle the insanity of the red carpet. And then, it's so, so fun, I always have fun, and everybody's, we were going in at the same time as Colin Needham of IMDB and his wife, and so everybody tries to sort of extend it as long as Yeah, possible. you kind of slowly mosey along the red carpet, it's amazing when you have, the security is so friendly, and they tell you not to take photos, and then you keep doing it, and everybody else is doing them. it too. So, you're just sort of hanging out in this weird... No man's Because the regular, the stars and the talent are going along one trail as they do the gauntlet of the press, so you can see them, and you can hear the bleacher people, you know, raving if someone like Leo shows up, and then you're going along the outside with the, everybody else who isn't a celebrity, right. and then you, you mosey on inside, and so we came in at the same time as Alicia Vikander, and she's wearing the most beautiful yellow dress. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, and with her mom. Hi, and she had her little thing. And she, so they were going up the red steps in front of us. So we came up behind them. And, and then. Oh, really? I just thought everybody was there for me. And then we were <laughs> hanging out at the top, and I saw Mindy Kaling. Yeah, that was a random sighting. So she was on her cell phone, and then I asked her, you know, what are you doing here, <laughs> basically? Are you presenting? And she said, no, I'm one of the voice talent. Oh, right. Right? And so she was on Inside Out, so she was there with that. And, uh, hanging out with the uh, Pete Doctor and his crew. 
And uh, it was her first Oscars. She'd never gone before. And she had no pressure. It was the best of all possible worlds. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially why I think I've been able to enjoy them the last three times that I've gone, because you talk to people who are nominated at that bar beforehand, and you can just tell that, you know, they've been worked into the ground, and it's all for this one little moment, and then they go in, and then it's over. They can't really enjoy themselves. I mean, somebody like Spielberg can. No, no. Basically, it, but he's he still wanted to win something, but but and so did JJ. Trust me on this. They were. It's not that they don't want to win. It's that they know how to handle that kind of pressure better than say. I mean, if Laszlo Nemes, who's been you know favored to win Son of Saul for ever since that movie premiered in competition at Cannes, all of a sudden lost. It's something would have hit him hard. And you, you, I mean, it's just, you can just... And Asif Kapadia with Amy. Right, yeah. when people talk about you in a certain way and then suddenly that's gone. I, it, this, I've, it's not anything I've ever experienced, but I've seen it now each time at the ceremony. Somebody, you know, you see somebody like Lenny Abramson came out of nowhere being the director of Room. Seemed like he was... And he knew years. he wasn't going to win. And, and yet, it still seems like there's some kind of psychological process there the when the cameras are watching you and... The thing that that really pissed me off more than anything was looking at the footage afterwards. Uh, that incredible shot you showed me of of the um, Jenny Bevan, who was a very respected British costume designer. She did all the merchant This is movies. the thing that broke She's the known internet. as a period uh, costumer, you know. And so this was a great opportunity, Mad Max, to work on something different. And she aced it. She nailed it. I knew she was going to win. She was at the BAFTAs looking, you know, pretty scruffy, I admit. But, you know, who cares? It's not even scruffy. It's just her style. I didn't have that instinctive reaction that she looked... I mean, she looked like somebody wearing a leather jacket. So there was a row, and she had big, you know, frizzy gray hair. There was a row of men, you know, including in Yuriju, who was pissed off that his woman didn't win. You know, Jack. Yeah, but still, everybody said he looked like the big bad wolf. And none of them... They were all frowning at her and they weren't because they were looking at what she looked like yeah. that's what they were doing they, they were men yeah i mean that was just quite something it's a, that, that that took off on sort of the online chatter more than like something chris rock did you know it tells you a little bit about kind of how our culture works right now that that snapshot that visual that visual kind of experience of how people reacted to that moment ended up generating so much conversation because you also have to scrutinize it for a couple of different things because there, there's something real going on there in terms of how they're reacting to her. But there's also something that we're projecting onto it, right? Because the camera just sort of caught them. In the same way that Leo was caught in that weird moment with Lady Gaga or whatever. I mean, we, these are not intentional was Tom uh, expressions. Was really that shallow? He was I looking mean, at her with a smile. I mean, he, he looked sort of bemused. It was hard to read what he was thinking. I'm assuming Inuritu was pissed off about his own costume designer losing. And, uh, but it, it was in toto that none of them were clapping. They were all looking at her on some level, askance. So the other thing that was slightly controversial, I suppose, in terms of wins was when Inuritu was nearly played off. I mean, they essentially tried to play him off, and he went straight through it, and they turned it down and let him finish. This is where you and I were at a disadvantage in the room. Because when we watched it later at home, it's much more. You apparent. could hear it better. Yeah, you could hear how they were playing him off. But yeah. you could hear him. You could hear what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. He said. I mean, and it was a pretty great speech. speech. Even though you know he, I, he wasn't my favorite to win. You know, I thought your George Miller theory, while impacted by wishful thinking, would have been a terrific <laughs> triumph for the night. 
But uh, it was a good speech. Here's how I defend myself. Sorry, everybody, again. But here's how I defend myself. Basically, I was right on one level that the two, he was they weren't going to give him both. I just, I just switched it the wrong way. Right. And again, he goes home happy anyway. So the Inuritu thing, though, something happened there where the producers didn't quite understand how valuable it was to let this kind of top-tier winner have his moment. And, well, and I think there were many ways in which the movie, the, the show, while entertaining and while Chris Rock, Rock turned out well, um, they missed they messed up the, the, the way that they shot the songs, the hunting around song of mm-hmm. Lady Gaga. They, um, the music cues were mystifying. Like what, they had no relationship to anything. Mm-hmm. There's something schizophrenic about it going yeah, on. Like they just yeah. couldn't agree on it. And apparently the two of them really had a lot of disagreements and even Cheryl... Uh, 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 did not deny that. So that so that's too bad because you know when you think about it, everything was there for a great show. And it wasn't a, a failure per se, but it it, get, it had the potential to be so much more. If you think about what we experienced at the Spirit Awards the day earlier, for example, Camille Nanjiani, they were great, and, and Kate McKinnon, who by the way is now giving me a reason to be excited about this Ghostbusters movie. I mean, she's just so funny. I mean, they, they did these great comedic things. They went beyond the call it, of duty. It was duty. so well-paced. They delivered it to, to it fairly well. And so that kind of award show And it was a work. lot of content, a lot of good content. I mean, it was just like the perfect contrast. And I you see, and I were looking at some material later, and there was Carol, and there was... Um, the Room. The Room. And, and, and we, we, the spoofs that they did will forever be on my consciousness now. Yeah, no, the Carol one especially... It was like a pretty long It was. Bit. It was all well-written and, well and yeah. well-played. I saw Kumail Nanjiani host the Gotham Awards a few years ago. And he the first thing he did was he came out to the stage and he said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Oscars. Oh, fuck. And it was great. <laughs> and he's just got there's something about him sort of like disarmingly fun. That, but at the same time, he, he digs deep into issues. He's got a one-man show about his Pakistani heritage and so forth. So him plus Kate McKinnon, who should be a rock star, you know, and seems to be reaching to that level, uh, I thought was just like a brilliant gamble. And so you compare that to, to what Chris Rock was sort of like just doing his thing in the show, it was like beneath him. The Spirit Awards looked really good this year. And I say this as somebody who's beaten the crap out of them in the press the last few years. No, this was a good one. This was a good one, and, and it was an indie one. It was one where they Very didn't go so. with just the, I mean, they did do Spotlight, obviously, which they should have, but, uh, and in that sense, predicted where it was going. Also, you know, A24, hey, listen to me, Open Road, the... Uh, the That's why A24 is so good at marketing. Exactly. You them by accident. Open Road, the, the, the people who, who managed to get the Oscar for Spotlight, they were confident enough to book an after party, and that's where we all went after the governor's yeah. ball. Yeah, yeah. This was your first governor's ball. What did you think? That was okay. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I, I, I'm not... I'm sort of a picky eater, so the Wolfgang Puck thing, you know kind of neat to see him taking selfies with everybody, but I wasn't going to eat that chocolate fountain. I wasn't going to come anywhere. I hope not. It was about high. six feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I guess what I liked about it was that you really did get this immediate ability to interact with people in in a very casual environment. So it was fun to see Roger Deakins hanging out with Ethan Cohen. And there's uh, Louis C.K. chatting with Ted Sarandos. You know, yeah, he's exactly. He's going to do something with him. Yeah. Or Spielberg, like you mentioned, and we ran into Matt, Matt Damon, Damon moments before he was to run over to Did you see the bit that he did? No, I didn't. He, they 
came up with some kind of rig. I have, to, I have to say, I actually saw rig, this. Yeah. I saw, is, but this may have been another time. I wonder if this was the most recent thing. Could they all blur together? Right? No, no, no. I saw it on a taxi cab. Oh, it was. It was. He was. He was. He was literally inside a big fat suit. No, right. No, that's what he said. He up against be. Ben Affleck. He said they were going to carry him across the street in a fat suit. That's and right. Do the thing with Ben. That's so right. We're, we're trying to keep that thing with the two of us going as long as possible. But he was really up against his buddy there. It was funny though because that was, was rig. He had just lost. He was best sweet. Actor. He was sweet. So, and, was and he had this little bit. earwig in his ear, waiting to hear for the for exactly. The kid, he was listening to, to the live talk. I, I love that. I love that. And then there was, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen back in normal clothing, talking to Sylvester Stallone, and just trying to figure out like what's going on with those guys. And then over on the other end of the room, getting watching everybody getting their Oscars, uh, you know, sort of with their having their names etched into the engraving. Them. The engraving was was kind of a fascinating ritual. So Alicia Vikander and. And um, Emmanuel Lebowski, and Pete Doctor, and then Leo. Leo right. came. So I was, so I was hovering at the Leo table, right. and he and he arrived, and he was starving. The guy right. was starving, and he wouldn't. Everybody Everyone was, was asking him questions, and so he said, funny. "Let me eat, please. Let me eat, Mom. Do you want to go?" His mother was there, very proud. Right. And then he went over and got his Oscar. And then in the right. meantime, somebody like Laszlo goes and gets his for Son of Song. People who don't. No, they, so they're taking pictures because it's kind of cool, and that to me seems like the most fascinating element of Oscar season. It's the the divide there between these A-listers going through this process, you know, being scrutinized from every direction, and what potentially could happen to a filmmaker who nobody even still really knows about, who just won an Oscar for his first movie. You know, could he deliver? You know, is he going to make a movie with UTA and and? I don't think stars. in this case that's going to happen. Right now, he's you know, not even planning on it. So Anne actually introduced him to Chris Rock at, at the UTA party uh, two days before that. And I just kind of love that. I love that kind of clash of different people from different worlds. And You know, I feel like we, we try to live in, in both of them. And the, Maybe the, the best moment that we had in that respect of the night was when we were leaving. We see Carl Needham again, and there's Brie Larson, and we all clutter into the elevator. So it's you, this me, is at the Brie. Oscars. This yeah. is the way out of the Oscars. Yeah, on the way in the way out of the Oscars. And we were there with Brie from Short Term Twelve. You know, she's holding her on. thing. Yeah. which you know, I felt bad for. I mean, those things are, are they're heavy. heavy. They're very heavy. I mean, I, I didn't feel them. that bad for. But so we're like crammed into the <laughs> into the corner, and and just sort of talking about Telluride. Talking about Telluride. Talking about how. Uh, Dustin, uh, who Dustin Cretton, who made Short Term Twelve, was doing this TV show with Ryan Coogler, and it was sort of like this comeback to reality thing, you know, where it's sort of you realize that the work continues in the best possible situations, and as much as there's so much hype surrounding these things, it doesn't stop anything. The know? horrifying thing about the Oscars, though, is that I guess we still remember <laughs> what happened, but it's it fades so fast. True. And you just move on, and the whole world moves on, and the whole world forgets. They, they forget everything, right. almost. Yeah, no, it's it's true. It's like but so I was on the airplane coming here, and a woman next to me watched Spotlight, followed by The Big Short. Last year, I watched Boyhood coming home, and, I, and it, it was nice to confirm that the movie was as great as I'd been saying for so long. I don't think I'll be coming back to those movies anytime soon. I mean, I just, I'm, no, I saw them repeat. repeat the, I mean, I ended up seeing both of those twice. I'm looking ahead to South by Southwest and then Tribeca and then Cannes and just following those conversations now. The new, you know, the new town. There's just going to be so much 
that we have to keep tabs. I mean, the, so why are they showing the Richard Linklater here in New York before South by? Well, the Linklater movie, when people get a chance to see it, I'm I'm not supposed to go into say too much about it, but I will say that I really liked it and that it's a very small, subtle movie, which is his mo in a nutshell. And yet, it's also a fun party movie, and so it's not an easy marketing gamble. It's Paramount's putting it out there, but they've scaled back the release strategy, and uh, I think it's it's going to need to be kind of quietly discovered bit by bit, whereas if they just make it a big South by thing where Linklater is already a star, the rest of the world isn't necessarily going to be hearing about it in the same kind of way. So it's not an easy one to release, but I kind of love that bit after Boyhood, which you know put Linklater on a bigger pedestal than he'd ever had in his career, speaking of Oscars, right? He comes back with a movie like this, you know, it's like he doesn't need to try to pivot up off of that into some bigger arena, you know, and, and most people shouldn't because if you made something really great and people recognize it, you should stick to that. Keep, keep, you know, putting the emphasis on quality because if you assume that resources are going to yield some greater opportunity, well, there's been a lot of horror stories in that respect. So I'm looking forward to seeing Midnight Special, which you've already seen, um, which, uh, which I'm uh, at South by, so, so that'll be coming up next week. So we'll dig into that in the next installment, and then uh, people who are in Austin can come check us out in person at the Austin Convention Center at 12.30 p.m. The details are on the website, and we'll do another live recording, so you can uh, play into Anne in person if you lost your Oscar pool. I'm sorry. Till next week.